If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm sure none of you have noticed, but over the last several months, most of our readings for the have been a little lengthy. A lot of them have been so lengthy that when you turn over the sheet, you almost need a magnifying glass to be able to see it. So when I look at our text for this week, I was a little surprised to find that the gospel reading only had three verses. Of course, I wasn't too alarmed because I had just read the 21 verses of our epistle reading for today. So I knew we wouldn't have to let out early or anything just because the scriptures were too short. I suppose it is fitting on Pentecost Sunday that our longest reading should be the actual account of Pentecost Day. That reading that we had from Acts that just about that day when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon his church in Jerusalem. But I got to tell you, it was the gospel reading that sort of captured my attention this week. In the old tent under the Jewish law, there were three festivals every year that everyone was to gather in Jerusalem to celebrate. In our reading, people were gathered for one of those festivals. They were gathered in Jerusalem from all over the world for the celebration of Pentecost. Pentecost was a celebration that happened 50 days after another festival called Passover. Like I said, this was one of those three where everybody was to gather together in Jerusalem to celebrate. They gathered together to offer the first fruits of the summer wheat harvest. And God decided it was the perfect setting to make sure that the word of Jesus' death and resurrection would get out into all the world quickly. For you see, there were people there from every part of the world. And all of those people who had gathered would soon go home. The spirit, therefore, God decided would be poured out there in that place through his word, that word about Christ and his death and resurrection. But then God would watch as that word went home to all the parts of the world with the different people who heard it and believed it. Yes, at Pentecost, it was poured out. And that's generally how we talk about the Spirit, that he's poured out. But have you ever thought about why we talk how like water, that he can be poured out? Well, our gospel reading would sort of answer, yes, there is something about him that is much like water. It takes us back to that short gospel reading. There happens to be speaking at another one of those three festivals where the people would gather. This time, the festival that's going on is the festival of tabernacles or the festival of booths. They would gather together in the full time of the year to celebrate the harvest of grapes. But probably the thing that was most memorable about this festival is that each time they gathered, buddy, including those that lived in Jerusalem, would go out and live in tabernacles, in tents, for the time of that festival. They did this to remind themselves of the time their forefathers had spent in the wilderness between Egypt and the Promised Land. Yes, they went there and how good God had been to them during that time and how he had provided every way. And of course, as they thought about those days, 
that their forefathers had spent in the wilderness, they realized that there was one thing that was always a great need there in those days. One thing that those people in the wilderness worried about more than anything else, and that was water. They remembered, though, how God had time again in that period of wilderness wandering provided water for those people, even though they were often ones who were grumbling about whatever they received and not very thankful at all. But these people who gathered for the festival of tabernacles remembered how God poured out water time and time again. They remembered especially that one time that God had taken a dry rock and turned it into a fountain of bubbling water. Yes, God was very good to the people of the, or very good to the Israelites who were wandering there between Egypt and the promised land. In order to help the people think about this even further, in Jesus' day, kind of the highlight of this whole festival was something that happened on the last day of the festival. On that day, some of the priests would go and up water from the pool of Siloam. And they would carry it all the way up to the temple, and then they would pour out this water as an offering before God all over the altar. We're told the people then responded with a rather raucous showing of thanksgiving, complete with drums and cymbals and all the rest. Yes, they gave thanks that God had in times past provided literal water for their forefathers and also gave thanks that he was pouring out his spirit even upon them as they gathered. It was during that festival, perhaps maybe even right after they had had this offering, that Jesus spoke the words of our text. He said, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow a river of living water. You see, all throughout the Old Testament, there were prophecies that had described the coming of the Messiah as the arrival of all sorts of life-giving water. Isaiah had said that there would be a day that would come in which the knowledge of the Lord would be so great that you could think of it as the water that covered the sea floor all around the earth. Yes, there was a day of understanding coming for the whole world. No longer would anyone need to be ignorant of God or his plan for salvation. That knowledge would be poured out like water. Like that water that had gushed forth from that stone in the wilderness. Or like that water that was poured over the altar on that festival of tabernacles. Before that to happen, Jesus told us that there were two things that had to happen before everyone would have that understanding, that wonderful water poured over them. He told them that first he needed to be glorified, and he was. The Gospel of John makes clear that the place where Jesus is glorified is upon the cross. There he is revealed as king and savior to the entire world. But of course, God further glorified his son when he raised him up from the dead and then seated him in his right hand back in the heavens. So yes, Jesus was glorified. And that meant then that the second thing could happen that would make this understanding of God's salvation available to all. And that second thing was that the Spirit had to be poured out like water. 
That thing he was talking about was the day we celebrate today, Pentecost Day. For when Jesus spoke about people being soaked with the love of God, so socially they would become in themselves a river of living water that others could enjoy. Well, he was speaking of this day when all gathered in Jerusalem and then the Spirit fell upon his people. For you see, that's always how it works. The Spirit is never just received and meant then to be kept in by the person who receives it. The Spirit is received, and then a stream of living water flows out from that person to others. And that, in a very short way, is an explanation of how God got this message of salvation from one town in Israel out to all the earth. He would pour the Spirit into one person, and then they would turn and pour it into another. It was just like we saw happen there at Pentecost Day. The apostles first received the Spirit, and then they turned and told all the people about the mighty works of God in his Son, Jesus. Those people then received the Spirit and turned home. We know from the history of the church that many of the very early churches that were formed out in different parts of the world were formed largely probably by those people who returned from Pentecost. Yes, that is how in the end God would make it possible that all people could drink water from the wells of salvation. God the Spirit loves to make people have understanding of God's ways of salvation. And he describes his work like that of flooding the whole earth with light and water. If you look in the Bible, whenever there is a picture of heaven given, there is a lot of talk of water. Perhaps the first example of this was in a vision that was given to the prophet Ezekiel. The prophet Ezekiel was given a vision of heaven and he describes it this way. He says, Behold, water was issuing forth below the threshold of the temple towards the east. The water was flowing down from below the south end of the threshold of the temple, the south of the altar. Then he brought me out by way of the north gate and led me out around outside to the outer gate that faces towards the east. And behold, the water was trickling out on the south side. Going on eastward with a measuring line in his hand, the man measured a thousand cubits and then led me into the water and it was ankle deep. And then he measured a thousand again and led me to the water and it was knee deep. And he measured a thousand more and led me to the water and it was waist deep. Again he measured a thousand and it was a river that could not pass through, for the water had risen. It was deep enough to swim in a river that could not be passed through. And on the banks, on both sides of that river, there will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither, neither shall their fruit fail, but they shall bear fresh fruit every month, because the water them flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be food and their leaves for healing. Do you understand the picture? The water is in the temple of God, but then it floods out. And as it floods out, it gets deeper and deeper, encompassing more and more people to the end that everyone ends up in heaven, fed week and week out by these trees that produce their fruit. Yes, all of this water talk is all over connected to the Spirit of God. But water talk, you know, only really matters if you're thirsty. If you're not thirsty, water doesn't have much appeal at all. 
And that is why God, I suppose, called his people to go out and live in those tabernacles, those little huts out in the wilderness. But they might never forget where they had come from and how God had provided for physical thirst in those days. He did it, I am certain, to whet their appetite, so to speak, that they might look to God to pour out his spirit upon them, knowing that without that water, their spiritual life would wither and die quickly. We rejoice that God does the same for us week after week. He gives to us that life-giving water. He sends his spirit upon us. He reminds us first that we are dry so that we want water, and then he gives it to our fill. In fact, he gives us much more than we could ever take in, because again, it's not just for us. He fills us so full that this generously then is meant to spill out the lives of those around us. And we understand how God is so good to give life not only to us, but to the whole world. It is then that we should be full of thanksgiving. Whenever these festivals happened in Jerusalem, thanksgiving was a big part. You see, God would give them a reason to be thankful and then the people would rejoice. And so particularly on these three feasts of the Old Testament, they would sing together a portion of the Psalms, Psalm 113 to 118. These Psalms over the years became known as the Hallel, as in Hallelujah. They were words of praise that they could sing to God on any occasion. So today as we gather and rejoice that the Spirit has come not only upon the people at Pentecost in Jerusalem on that day, but that he comes to us here also through his word, it is right that we would end with a few words of thanksgiving from those psalms. Listen to what the psalmist says and join him in his praise. Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, who turns the rock into a pool of water the flint into a spring of water. Praise the Lord, all nations, extol him, all peoples. For great is his steadfast love towards us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Yes, what they sang, we also say, praise the Lord, for he has poured out his spirit like water upon us. Amen.